Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm your cinema host, John Negroni from the Internet, California. And from the Internet, Pennsylvania, Will Ashton. Hey, it's good to be back. And I'm glad I'm back because I have some things to say this week. You have so many things to say. Yeah. Because you have to make up from not being here last week. Everyone missed you. Exactly. Twice a talk. Even Maverick from missed my end. you. Uh, you can't yeah. prove that. <laughs> we have it recorded. Dang. You got me. Speaking of, uh, live from the broadband basement, sometimes called the Dial-Up Dungeon, we of course have Soundmaster Maverick Hines. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy because Will's here. And like John alluded to, I did miss him yeah. quite, you did, quite a bit. You did. He's a- Your character is so inconsistent. You just <laughs> said that you were like the only person that didn't miss me, and now you're saying they missed me the most. I don't appreciate- He doesn't know how he feels. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about how like much a- I miss you, and you're attacking oh, okay. me right off the bat. And- Sorry. I thought this was like a good cop, bad cop thing, but it was just you. <laughs> See, I thought this was- and you're- <laughs> It's only me. I'm both <laughs> yeah. good and bad cop. That's probably accurate. That makes sense. Another way that we're all going to bond is probably through the fact that this is our first review between the three of us, because we're going to be talking about The Circle. I think it's going to be the first time that we're all going to be talking about a movie How that much we, we just all love disliked. The movie, so. oh, yes, that's it. That's right. Click I feel bait. like we have watched a movie at this point that all three of us have liked, not necessarily one that we've all loved. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 a little hint to what of uh, what's to come. What's to come? We're uh, we are doing some new stuff this week. Uh, right off the bat, we're kind of switching up the way that we do movie news. In the past, we've done like all of our like news stuff like all at once in the beginning. But we found that like most most of you guys listening either on YouTube, iTunes, and everything, you guys don't really like that. <laughs> you don't really you come here for the reviews. But we do want to fill you in on new stuff because we want you to be clued in on movies coming out in the future. I know I personally really like. Just, you know, the big stories, like knowing what's going to happen so that when movies come out, I know what to look out for and all that. So we're doing, we're introducing a new thing called News Bites. So you're going to hear the biggest stories of the week via bite-sized segments that appear throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. Think of them as like ads, but they're like news. They're like 30 seconds, 30 seconds, like a minute. And they're just like nice little breaks in between the segments so that you guys can get a quick fix of movie news stuff. And you don't have to listen to everything all at once and skip ahead or anything like that. If you do, though, uh, you can always go to our cinema homework in the episode description, and the thumbnail, of course, has all that stuff. But Okay, a quick outline of what we're going to talk about. Uh, Maverick, what are we talking about this week first? First? Yeah, go, walk us through the outline. Walk us through the outline? Okay, let's do this. Let's talk about what we're going to do. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stalling because I wasn't in the correct <laughs> window, so I'm going to pull... Throw that Here's what we're going to do. Yes. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by talking about the Kingsman Golden Circle trailer that we saw. Okay, but then what are we going to hey. do after that? After that... I didn't, even, I didn't even think about this. It's the Golden Circle and then the Circle. <laughs> yeah. It's a very roundabout episode. Way to yeah. take my thunder there, Will. I was oh, getting into that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. So he after the, down, after yeah. the Kingsman, we're going to talk about the circle and our just absolute love for everything that that movie was. Then we'll hit into some many reviews, and I'm sure we'll have some emails sprinkled in between here and there. I'm actually pretty excited about one of the emails this week because I think my name was that's in it. That's right. Actually, let's start with this email. Oh, wow. Yes. I was not prepared for this. Yeah, I figure that's a good way to start things off. Let's do it. 
Okay, so this email comes at us, uh, Karen from Texas. Who's, the officially, Texas. who's officially my favorite Cinemaholic listener because she cares about me somehow. That's right. Karen <laughs> like has I matter. This, Karen has a question for you. Okay, so here we go. Uh, fellow Cinemaholics, I've been checking out the show since the Kong Skull Island review, which I think was your debut, technically. Uh, and I I've, that one? I think so, because that was the Samurai Jack episode. Oh, yeah, that was my, that was my moment. I think Karen's just a big <laughs> fan of you, Mav. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. And I've greatly enjoyed... She's married. Well, so That's am I. He's married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it cancels out, right? Simple math. Shows John's views of the, <laughs> the modern marriage right there. Let's start over. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Karen from Texas said, Fellow Cinemaholics, I've been checking out the show since the Kong Skull Island review, and I've greatly enjoyed the evolution of the show since. I don't have any significant feedback, but I do have a question about the sound master. Mm. Since starting to watch more movies with John and Will, what has been your favorite so far? Later. I think she took that from... what Somebody says later. I say bye yeah, I wonder why she didn't do that. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't be questioning. I know. Don't talk to my Karen like that ever again. You're so possessive. I You've know. changed. So I guess my... You used to do things and see things and go on adventures. <laughs> so is the question, what has been my favorite movie that I've seen since becoming a cinemaholic? She, well, she or says, is it just my favorite movie that I've seen Since starting to watch more movies with John and Will. But I've been watching movies with you for like two years. That's true, but I think I think she's alluding to your sinisobriety efforts. Okay, so let's go. Let's talk about the movies that we have seen together since I've been a cinemaholic. Okay, so we've seen Ghost in the Shell, Aces, mm-hmm. you know, which is a contender. We've seen <laughs> the Belko Experiment, which, as you remember, I wasn't crazy. You didn't about. love, but you know, it wasn't the we worst. We saw. Is that it? No, what else have I seen with you? Well, um, we just watched Kingsman: The Secret Service today, which is honestly probably. If we're t- looking at what I've seen with you since becoming a cinemaholic and trying to end my sin of sobriety, that's probably a close. Yeah, if we were looking past that, I it, mean... Well, it would be Guardians of the Galaxy if if, if it was okay yeah. to be before my cinemaholic time. Okay. That's pretty did, uh Did you warm up more to Last City of Z, Mev? Oh, you know what? He warmed up to it like over the course of... I, I did. I did. Um, I don't think it would be like my number one pick since, since being a cinemaholic. But okay. I definitely appreciate it more now that I've had time to sit and think. I think I just needed more time. It was too yeah. soon. It was too soon for me. Um, you, have so, to, you, you were supposed to call it after like three days. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know how it is. Too I, soon. I don't know the rules. I don't, I don't get it. So, what, okay, let me, let's make sure we clear. Are there any other movies that I've seen since Cinehall? Gosh, I don't, think, uh, I don't think you've seen a lot more than that. Because the movies that we've seen in theaters. Fate uh, of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Uh, well, obviously. You didn't see Power Rangers. You were like, nope. No, thanks. <laughs> you watched The Discovery technically like when I was around, but you saw it without me. Yeah. Um, and you didn't love that one. No. I did see it for Cinemaholic, so, but yeah. again, I didn't love that one. Real quick, I do want to ask Will. Did you see Lost City of Z? Nah, because I was uh, away that oh, weekend, man. so he was I doing couldn't see more it. more important things. Man. I vaguely remember somebody asked us... Maybe maybe it was in real life. I think somebody at work asked me what you thought of Lost City of Z. We should get to that eventually. People from your real, real life know who I am? Yeah, a few people. Oh, Will, wow. Everyone knows who you are. But this is my oh, moment, yeah. Will. Can you stand down, please? <laughs> this is my time. Gosh. Uh, anyway, I, I really think, just because I can't think of what other movies I've seen with you, right now it would be Kingsman, which I watched two, hour, two hours ago. <laughs> Um, what did you think of Kingsman? That's a good way to just segue right into you. Yeah, let's go into it. Um, yeah. I loved Kingsman. And I the reason I hadn't watched it for so long was because when it first came... When did it come out? How many years ago? It came uh, out 2015. 20, oh, by yeah. the way, I just thought you, did, you didn't watch it necessarily with me, but you did watch Goodwill Hunting and Sing Street. 
Okay, so if those count, it's goodwill hunting. Like without a question, <laughs> okay. you didn't. Wa- we didn't watch it together, but I think your sin of sobriety was ar- going on around that. That time. was around that time. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about it though. So there's so many parameters. Okay, glad I brought that up then, because okay. I, I think that would make sense. Yeah, it would. You. Goodwill Hunting and Sing Street would be like top two for sure. Okay, but, but you did like. You, but if we're talking about Kingsman's ones, Secret yeah, Service. if we're talking about ones that are for yeah. the Cinemaholics podcast, right, right, Kingsman all the way. Um, the reason I hadn't seen it for so long was because when, I don't know, maybe it was just the friends I was around when it first came out, but I just heard so many bad things about it and maybe it's just, <laughs> I have dumb friends or something. I don't know, probably, but someone had said something bad about it that I trusted. So I was like, Oh, it's just another, there was some controversy about the movie. When it yeah. Came and maybe that's it, but it was just like the violence, dumb spy movie. Whoa. And, just wasn't and the ending too. Like the very, very ending of the movie got some controversy. Like the la- the final frame. Like when he does certain things, to yeah, certain yeah. Swedish well, princess. yeah, like that whole that whole joke got some heat. That was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> there, I, I feel like the the stuff that got the most heat, like the hate group stuff, yeah, the, uh, just the fact that like we literally watch all of our world leaders commit global genocide and then they all get their heads exploded and it's yeah. just spoilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, it came out a few years ago. Um, but anyway, really enjoyed the movie. I'm glad I saw it. I think it was action. I was never bored. I was never like, oh man, this is, you know, I, it, it captivated me quick, which is hard for me to get into movies like that fast. Um, I felt like the pacing was good. Just overall it was good. I think if I was like, if we we're doing a cinema Hall review of it, I'd give it like a, like a tough B plus a minus. Like for me, that's where I'd be. At sure. It. You know, I don't remember what I gave it actually in my initial review. I think it was either a high B plus or an A minus. Yeah. Because I loved Kingsman the Secret Service Very in theaters. Yeah. I liked it better the second time. I think the second time I really was more with it because I didn't know what I, what to expect when seeing it in theaters. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of like, what is this? And uh, it, it is one of those movies that like ages well. And I think that like, sure. especially when you know what's going to happen, yeah. you just enjoy it for what it is. Did you like Kingsman, Will? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was one of those movies that like, I think as was, sorry. As I was watching it, I recognized like a lot of the issues with it, but like just the experience of watching it was like among the most entertaining movies I saw that yeah, year. Yeah, it it's just, one of those movies I think fun. I think all of the flaws are just very like insignificant compared to like what the movie is. Mm. I, I, yeah, if that makes any I sense. I can see that. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead. it's like it's not a movie I'd recommend to my mom or anything, but if you're like the right kind of person, I think it's definitely going to be your deal so yeah yeah so i didn't i I was looking at this now i didn't do an official review of kingsman um now conspiring we did a whole thing about it um and i i remember i really liked it i i think that uh i think by the end i i think i did give it like an a minus because i was pretty high up on yeah i liked it a lot so so karen there it is that's my since being (laughs) since breaking my sin of sobriety my cinebuzzness. Kingsman yeah. is at the top of my list right now. If it only includes movies that are for the podcast. If not, just since I became a cinemaholic, Goodwill Hunting would be like, just because, you know, it like literally ruined my day because mm-hmm. of how emotional it was. And that was good because I don't care about it. Yeah, you need, you need a kick in the pants from yeah. Matt Damon every now and then. Hey. Yeah. Mev. What's up, buddy? It's not your fault. <laughs> Don't do this to me, man. Not you, man. It's not your fault. Aha, here we I, go. The first thing I told John after I saw Goodwill Hunting was all those family guy jokes make so much more sense now. Oh, yeah. Because like I never got the when Brian does <laughs> it, just, he uh, me, yeah, and he's yeah. like, It's not your fault. Yeah. Like I was like, Why is this funny? I don't understand. So I'm looking at my twenty fifteen movie power rankings and Kingsman the Secret Service was my twenty fourth favorite movie of twenty fifteen. 
I loved a lot of movies that year too. But I mean, 24th doesn't sound amazing, but I mean, it was like it was a stacked year. It was above it? Selma and Anomalisa, and it was mm. just below Bridge of Spies, Stanford Experiment, and Carol and the Gift. Movies like that. Cool. And what Stanford we Prison Experiment is so good. And no, that, that movie got oh, that movie got no love. It got so overlooked, but all, that was a great film. Yeah, all I remember yeah, really good. about that movie was when my roommate Michael came home from that movie. Oh, he was yeah, on a power, I saw it with him. He was yeah. on a power trip. So while I was in bed, <laughs> he acted like Cool Hand Luke and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, he acted like one of the jerks. So while I was in bed, he took my mattress, kicked me out of bed, and <laughs> threw my mattress outside of our apartment. We talk about Michael so much, and on I've this never show. been more mad at a human being like in my life. You know what other movie I watched with Michael and it made him kind of go on a power trip? Mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road. I remember that too. I was living with him during all this, That's so right. I always got the like the blunt end of all these. <sighs> we need to get him on one of these days. Only if it's not a power inducing movie though. <laughs> yeah. Right after watching, you know, Furiosa, <laughs> you know, the movie. So anyway. Yeah, Kingsman the Golden Circle, Golden a new Circle. trailer came out. Uh, and I gotta say, like, I've watched I, I don't wanna say I've watched every movie trailer that's come out in twenty seventeen. I haven't, but I've watched Every movie trailer for every major movie. Okay. I haven't watched every... Like, okay, so some movies have like three trailers whatever. Yeah. I've watched at least one each or whatever. And I've loved plenty of trailers that have come out. This is my favorite trailer of 2017 for any movie, The Golden Circle. Whoa. <laughs> I just adore it. I like it better than The Last Jedi teaser. I don't know about the, that official trailer that'll come out eventually, but... I, it's one of those trailers that like I've watched again and again and again because I just think it's so Kingsman and I'm just so excited. I think that I don't want to spoil anything that happens at the end of the trailer because it has like a oh my gosh moment. Yeah. Uh, but what did you guys think about the... I felt the, the same. Out of all the trailers I've been watching with you guys since joining up as the podcast here, it's been my favorite so far too. It's super entertaining even as a trailer and I loved it. I have to be honest, any trailer that has Frank Sinatra in it, especially that song, mm-hmm. is really going to... I mean, just the the mixing, like the editing of the rain and like that song and just like the look on Eggsy's face and then the way that they do like the finale, like not just the action stuff, but when they cycle through the actors, oh, yeah. especially if you don't know who's going to be in it. Like I knew, I knew that uh, Channing Tatum was in it and Pedro Pascal was in it. I didn't know the rest. Yeah, I got but when so it just excited. punches them at you, you're just like, "Whoa! Yeah. When does this come out?" Sensory overload. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. Why did you hate it, Will? I didn't hate it. I thought it was cool. Will, I just, don't I have don't to yell about why you hate it. So I know. Much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say. I mean, I liked it. I just don't know if, I, if it's like better than uh, the Last Jedi trailer. But I didn't think you liked cool. the Last Jedi trailer as much as really. No, I, I liked it a lot. And that's weird because I think I'm like the most reserved uh, Star Wars fan of the three of us. Maybe I don't know how you feel about. Star yeah, because when we did a but... whole bonus episode about right. Last Jedi, I feel like you were the very mature adult in the room. You know, like <laughs> this does look like a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While we okay. were like, did you see the uh, lightsabers? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, the one thing that really stood out to me in this trailer, and I don't mean this in a bad or good way, it's just something that stood out, is that this movie looks a little more cartoonish than the first movie. Do you remember how cartoonish the first movie is, though? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, this is, like, <laughs> like maybe, by cartoonish, I mean, like, it looks more CG-heavy, like, even, like, it looks a little more, like, rubbery the way that, like, the CG is handled and stuff. I think That's I, I, think I know what you're talking cartoon. about, because there are right. a couple of scenes where, like, crazy stuff is happening with, like, the door, the car door thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I do, I do see what you're talking about. 
I'm cool with it as long as it looks good. Right, yeah. I mean, it just stood out to me because I wasn't expecting that. I really didn't know what to expect going in with this trailer, but I mean, it looks fun. I mean, as long as they can keep the momentum of the first movie, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, do you so, think... I, I've always suspected that Eggsy becomes Arthur in that from, whole thing. Like Arthur the artwork or Arthur the alcoholic rich dude? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> the artwork. I just love how that's how you characterize. Not Arthur the PBS cartoon. No, Arthur the artwork. And then we had to bring up Arthur, the, the actual Russell Brand, whatever, what was that, a 50s show? Well, it's de- oh, it, it was, was an uh, 80s, 80s comedy with yeah. uh, Dudley Moore and uh, what's her name? It wasn't it was a show at some point? Uh, I don't think so, but else. I might be wrong. Okay, either way. Uh, I, I don't, The Arthur in the sense of like there's Merlin and Lancelot and... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. King Arthur. Because I think some people assume that he becomes Galahad, but there's no Arthur then to replace... I don't know. I'm overthinking the Kingsman. I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I don't think Kingsman... I think... <laughs> I think he should just become an aardvark. That's just, my goal. For yeah, yeah. He, he's Beast Boy. Movie takes a weird twist. <laughs> Your next he's mission. A, you are a third grade. You're a third grader, and you're also an aardvark. All right. If you're fed up with hearing us talk about a trailer that you haven't seen yet, uh, it's in yeah. the cinema homework. Of course, you can watch the trailer. Uh, I highly recommend that you do not watch the Kingsman Golden Circle trailer unless you've watched the movie Kingsman: The Secret Service. If you are of age, because this is an R-rated film and uh, you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend you see it, especially if you love action movies. I was doing a uh, top 50 action movies um, in the last 10 years list, <laughs> uh, I think two weeks ago, and Kingsman the Secret Service was in my top 10. Whoa. Uh, nice. What was yeah. your number one? Number one was Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I forget the rest on the list. but Makes sense. There were movies like Attack the Block, The Raid, some great stuff in the last 10 years. Um, the list was actually a response to someone was saying like action movies are terrible these days. And then I created that list kind of out of spite or actually no, mm. some, someone asked on Quora, they were like, Hey, what are the, what are the top 10 in the last 10 years? I couldn't narrow it down. So I gave him 50, <laughs> but sounds about right. That's a little slice of my personality. Hey, Cinemaholics, welcome to your first news bite for the week. David Fincher is set to direct the sequel to World War Z with Brad Pitt returning as star. Paramount CEO Jim Janopoulos has worked with Fincher in the past, of course, and we're expecting official confirmation of World War Z 2 in the coming weeks, with production kicking off in early 2018. David Fincher has not directed a film since 2014's Gone Girl, love that movie, though he did direct the pilot of Netflix's Mindhunters. And Fincher isn't known for being quick to do a sequel, but he does have a fruitful collaboration with Pitt in the past, working on such films together as Seven, Fight Club, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. For more information on this, go to wegotthiscovered.com or check out our cinema homework in the episode description to get the full story. Uh, so there was a, uh, a movie came out this week that I think a lot of people expected to be I think more culturally impactful than it has been. Like Mm -hmm. even when we were planning this episode to talk about it, I I feel like there was some hesitation to really give this a featured review because there doesn't seem to be that much interest in the circle Um, just as a movie, because I think that the, the buzz for this movie has been really low, but the cast is just incredible considering that fact that it definitely is a movie that, isn't having a big box office impact. I mean, Will, you brought up before we start, we were we were talking earlier that how to how's that how to treat a Latin lover, how to be a Latin lover. Yeah, how to be a Latin lover. Yeah, is apparently like 
doing better box office or just about the same box office as this film. Um, and that movie yeah. had no marketing by comparison. I didn't even know what it was until he had said it. See the trailers, a few, a few of the trailers here and there. Yeah. I saw a TV spot on Comedy Central and I was half paying attention. What, so. What's what's nice though about the How to Be a Latin Lover is that it's subtitles. It's a Spanish movie, and they gave oh, really? it. They did give it some marketing, and I think that mm-hmm. resonated with a lot of audiences who were like, "Yeah, I want to see that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it, I think it tapped into a certain demographic, but uh, that you know that doesn't nor- yeah. normally get pandered to. Um, so I would say for worse. Uh, in the sense that they don't usually get pandered to, not in the sense that oh, it's okay. worse. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, gonna say. I don't want that to sound <laughs> wrong. Um, anyway, the circle. Uh, okay, so I'll read the IMDb synopsis, and we can we can get into it. Uh, and I think we've already alluded to the fact that all three of us what adore this movie, Maverick. That's your um, yeah, yeah. Okay, full blown um, rave. The circle <laughs> is a drama sci fi thriller. The IMDb synopsis is a woman lands a dream job at a powerful tech company called The Circle, only to uncover a nefarious agenda that will affect the lives of her friends, family, and that of humanity. It's directed by James Ponsoldt, uh, a director that I really liked. Uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, End of the Tour was one of my favorite 2015 movies. And uh, I like Spectacular did, uh, Now. Yeah, Spectacular Now, I think, is honestly one of the best high school movies I've ever seen. I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I, I wouldn't put it that high, but I think it, yeah, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. good. And Emma Watson stars in this. Someone who was in Perks of Being a Wallflower, who I would hold up to right. that esteem. Um, and Dave Eggers, of course, uh, wrote the screen, screenplay. Uh, he also wrote the well, book that this is based on. He wrote um, it with uh, James Ponsel, right? Uh, I I don't see a credit for James Ponsel on here, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, oh wait, I mean, you're right. You're right. James Ponsel yeah, did the screenplay with Dave Eggers. Uh, he had a significant contribution. Thanks clean that up uh dave eggers no also problem. worked on one of my favorite movies uh in the last decade the where the wild things are mm, so correct that said uh will ashton which did was you produced by tom hanks and it stars tom hanks of course john boyega emma watson Patton oswalt karen gillen now uh will ashton uh did you did you do a review for the circle and if so uh, you know just talk about that and like what you thought about the movie overall yeah, well, I mean, I just saw it like uh, an hour or two ago, so I didn't get a review yet, but I'm going to write one for Movie Boozer tomorrow. Nice. And uh, yeah, so I think I'm kind of the outliner here because not only am I the only one that's read at least a decent por- a decent portion of the book, but I'm actually the one that was really looking forward to this movie. In addition to the stuff you mentioned, I just think this premise is kind of interesting. It's timely enough that I think it could be a good movie, but then... I, I, was, know, def- just... I was definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean... Everything about it seemed to be working in its favor. Like, it had a great cast, great source material, great director. And to me, watching this movie was kind of like getting a bunch of my friends over for a barbecue. Like, you and Mav and a couple other people I know. Oh, it's like, it's wow, going to be great. Made it. Yeah, it's like, it's great. Like, all these people you trust and know, and you're like, okay, it seems like it's going to be a good time. But you mm-hmm. have some people who are like, hmm, like, I don't know. Like, this doesn't feel right. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's going to be okay. And then everything's going swimmingly. And then out of nowhere, our mutual friend Mark pulls out a tank of gasoline. And you're like, Mark, what are you doing with that gasoline? He's like, oh, it's just my sunscreen. Don't worry about it. Like, okay. And, what? Uh, Will, I have one question. Who is Mark and yeah. what did he do to you? Mark is a fictitious, fict- 
fictional character I made up for this I like uh, scenario. It. I was there. I felt like I was. Sounds like he's in, being he's implanted for someone else that Will does not want to put in the spotlight. Because right <laughs> yeah. we all have that friend. Will is. And then go ahead, Will. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, just when we we're about to light the barbecue, he catches on fire, and then we have to deal with that. <laughs> you so, know what? Like that's like completely outlandish, but I like agree a thousand percent. Like I, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Sure. So we sort of established what the movie is about. Uh, Emma Watson plays this girl who she basically works at. She works at this place called the Circle. That uh, is what I call in my review an amalgamation of Facebook, Google, and um, I guess we could also say uh, Enron. Enron. Yeah. Is Enron still around? Since? No, no, no. Yeah, I was no, say. just an evil, an evil corporation. Yeah, I guess. Although I would even say the circle is all that outlandishly evil, but you know. Well, it's like meant to be evil, but it's, yeah, yeah. Ugh, that's getting into something. But anyway, yeah. So she works at this place, and like their whole thing is uh, nobody's nobody should be private. Everybody should be transparent, and they sort of like uh, coax it with uh, humanitarian efforts, and like yeah, things need to be transparent so we can catch criminals and things like that. Yeah. It's a very uh, 1984-esque premise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like the... Rev- well, no, I guess it's not the reverse. It's Well, no, because in 1984, that's like ev- everyone... like There's like monitors on them all the time and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, it that just, aspect. It's just like sure. the... Yeah, it's like the next level of that with social media and that everyone's like willing to do it as opposed to just predisposed by the government to do it. So then, okay, so what then in the circle... What, what went wrong for you, Will, with this movie? I don't know, because it was like the first 20 minutes, I was actually really digging this movie. Like, I thought the acting was pretty good. Like, there were some I good was, shots in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, especially like that first shot. Well, not the first shot. Like the one shot of her like in the office. It, I'm always intrigued by shots that like are meant to look boring, but you're yeah. still visually appealed by. And it's like a very static, like meant to be boring shot, but it looks great. Like it looks like like that was like a shot that was like from a better movie. Uh, mm. And I don't know, but to answer your question, though, like I think... I think it's when they actually tr- started to, like delve into the plot that they had issues because like I, it just has this problem that like a lot of adaptations have where it's like they have a lot of story to deal with, but they only have like two hours to really tell the story. So they kind of sacrifice a lot of the characters and a lot of like the uh, dense, like uh, heady material that was in the book in order to kind of condense it to like a movie size where it's not really as thematically compelling as it was otherwise it's just like kind of like a watered down black mirror episode i'd say a lot of characters in this movie get short shrift uh well karen gillen and john boyega especially yeah well the thing about john boyega is that like in the book he, he's basically like three different characters because in the book like she has two different love interests and ty is like this figure that she doesn't even really meet as far as like as that i read so like yeah, he's like a way bigger character in this movie than he was in the book. Really? Because in this movie, he doesn't... I mean, the only thing that John Bega does in this movie is stand at the back of crowds right. and be silhouetted. <laughs> so if he doesn't do anything in the book, then I'm really confused compared to that. Well, like he's like kind of like a mysterious figure like that, but he's not like like unrecognizable. Like There's like a mural of him, and he like occasionally will do like a like a broadcast to the company hmm. and also like in the book the company is a lot bigger like it's like ten thousand people are in there and the in the company uh in the movie is like three thousand people maybe? yeah they like make it most, look a like, lot more intimate yeah mm-hmm. 
which isn't a bad thing. It's just kind of an odd choice because like sure. they're trying to act like this. It's like this huge, big, like world consuming company. It looks like just like your average Silicon Valley, like startup, like maybe a little more high end than Google, hmm. like back in like 2005 almost. Well, OK, so Maverick, uh, you watched this movie with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so walk us through like general impressions we definitely already get the sense that you weren't that into this movie. Is there anything that you can like point to that just really like, what is the one thing above everything else that really just made this tough for you? I think I know what the word you used a certain word. I can't remember what word I used. So you should tell me. You just said word. it was, you were just so bored. Something like that. Yeah. And, and I, I was, and I'm very disappointed in the fact that I was so bored because I did have like pretty reasonably high hopes for this going into it. Um, I mean, we should point out Maverick and I live in Sal- Silicon Valley. Yeah. So this this movie should have been like And we both work candy. for tech companies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I was going yeah. into it like, oh cool, this is gonna be something that I feel like I can I can connect to maybe differently than other people can. And I mean, like you guys said, the first, you know, twenty minutes or so, I think they set up a story well. Like they tried really mm-hmm. hard to make you believe that the story's gonna be great. And then I don't know when it happened, but at some point I just like I was like, Oh, this is a movie. And this is a really bad movie. <laughs> like, I don't like this at all. And maybe- it was like, yeah. Go ahead. Now I was gonna say, I think it's like around the point when uh, she goes to her house. Like that was like when I noticed things were going south. When she goes and to then, her like, house, like oh sorry, uh, when she like she's at the circle, like all that stuff's good. Like when we first get introduced to the circle and Bailey, Tom Hanks' character. And like he has that big presentation, mm-hmm. and like all that stuff is fine. Like when he introduces the sea change, yeah. Like all that stuff is good, but then when we get to like her back home, and then like when we meet like Mercer a little more in depth, and then like he comes to the company oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's like when the thing kind of goes the second south act. for so, me. Yeah. So there were there were two. Big- well, that's not even the second act. That's like thirty minutes into the movie almost. Yeah. So, so there were there were two kind of big things for me where I was just like, I hate this and this isn't how people would act, <laughs> but I get that it's traumatized. One was when she was at her desk doing work and the two, I don't know what department they were supposed to be from, mm-hmm. but the two people come to her and they're like telling her about like, Oh, why weren't you at any of the activities or why didn't you text right. like, that kind of stuff? Yeah. That was one of the first moments where I was like, like, I get what you're trying to do, but this is too far. Like this isn't enjoyable right. as a movie. They started just- acting just outside of the realm of like what's comprehensible. Yeah. It was just, it well, was so abnormal. And then yeah, it was, it was and her really, reaction to it didn't match exactly. how ridiculous it was. Like she should have been like, "What in the world?" Like she should have been looking at them well, like, well, "How would you even?" Yeah. She should have been questioning. Yeah, and all I, this I feel stuff. like her reaction didn't even match her well, character at that point because like yeah. she was kind of painted as like the normal one in a group of weird people. Yeah, but she reacted to that like it was totally acceptable for that kind of conversation to be happening, and that was just. Well, weird. And I'm just gonna put this out. You know why that probably is. Because Emma Watson is uh, save it. We know what you feel. Let Will get his save it. Emma Watson. <laughs> uh, she's she's not very she's not very good. Boom. Okay, we'll get back to that in a minute. Will, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say like that scene that you're talking about is one of the few things that's actually like transcribed from the book. Okay. But like in the book, like they're meant to be like these weird like they're in social media, but they never really interact with actual people, so like they don't talk like normal people. Mm-hmm. Like her, the difference but I think you pointed out. We see them hanging out with her throughout the movie. Yeah, like yeah, but I mean, and that's again like in the book, like she just hangs out with them only because she wants to like track in her thing that she is hanging out with these people so that they don't freak out at her. Yeah, and like, but like, what I was gonna say is that like you're pretty on the nose about this because like in the book, 
like she acts like a normal person. Like she's like get, raising her voice and stuff like that. But for a reason, like in the movie, she's like, oh, like she doesn't like talk like a normal person. She That's has what like really kills. one facial expression of confusion. <laughs> right. And what, what doesn't work about right. that is that you have no idea what's going on in her head. Like right. she's supposed to be a character who has a lot of introspection. But right. Emma Watson is not an actress who is very good at conveying introspection. And I got to be honest, like, yeah, I don't want to like tear her down here but after beauty and the beast and mm-hmm. after re-watching the harry potter movies actually she's just kind of a one-note actress like she has like one right. thing and like when you see her in enough movies you start to like yeah. it's just hard for her to disappear into roles i just constantly see her the actress and not her the character that i'm supposed to be like liking and yeah. you know, rooting for or whatever well, the only time where she wasn't Hermione was the bling ring. And I would say that's not even that great of a performance. And she here's here's the difference, too. She doesn't have to carry that movie. We see right. so much Emma Watson in this movie. Like, she's in so many scenes. She's She has to carry a lot of scenes without any dialogue. And that, I think, is what, like, magnifies the fact that she's just not very good at, like, a really wide emotional what? range that you can, like, that has substance and nuance to it. Yeah. And so you end up just being really, like bored as maverick is saying because you're just like man i i've seen her do this like 12 times in the movie i've seen her like stare at a screen and look mm-hmm. like whoa like yeah th- that's 90 percent of this movie is her staring at screens and being <laughs> right. vaguely me, shocked by something it reminded me of um the last airbender the Shaolin movie when like half the movie is just focused on ong's face crying and you're just like what is <laughs> happening like stop sorry you were to say something well yeah, I was just gonna say. I think she's a competent actress, but she's not a versatile actress. Boom! Like she—that's kind of what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I just. She has thinking. presence to her. Yeah. So I want right. to go back to what I was saying a second ago. My that was the the first moment for me of like not really when it kind of snapped out of being immersed into a movie and then realizing I was in a movie was you know the creepy people telling her how she should act. The second time was when Mercer shows up and like everyone just kind of stops and films them. Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing where they're and, all they're all sort of like on his case about something about that would not happen. There were just like a lot of things that happened in this movie that are just implausible, and it just right. it just seemed like like I can't imagine, especially maybe because we live in a in a world that's supposed to be similar to what this movie's trying to create, right? Right. They're trying to make we're us here. paranoid. We're trying to make us like right. this. I can't imagine anyone I work with or know in this area seeing someone po- like post a picture of a, a deer you know, chandelier, the antler chandelier, which also, by the way, deers also shed their antlers. So like that doesn't yeah, automatically. So, like, right. And everybody in the movie though, calls him like a deer. Yeah. Killer. They equate it. But if you, yeah. live, if you've been and in that... Silicon Valley longer than 10 minutes, you know that like, this is a community full of people right. who would not care about that. Yeah. Like the Silicon yeah. Valley and people that's... are portrayed as like these super Uber, <laughs> yeah. like hippies, yeah. I guess. I don't even know what you would call what they like double SJW. I don't and, know what that is. The thing that got me on that is like, I can't imagine being at work, being in a techie place, there being some sort of conflict, and 35 people stopping to film it on their phones. Yeah. I Especially get- because in tech places around Silicon Valley, like a lot of people don't film everything because a lot of stuff is like private. So like, <laughs> right. which is fine for the premise of this movie is like, oh, well, the idea is that they are supposed to be like not private. But then you're just like, then why am I paranoid? Yeah. Or like, why yeah. am I supposed to be like, this is the future when like this isn't the like. This isn't really something that tech companies advocate for. If anything, like a lot of tech companies sort of advocate for like 
I guess, I guess that's getting into more like conspiracy, like yeah, political well, stuff. We don't want to get into that. I was gonna say I hate the scene because that is not at all like how it's portrayed in the book. Like the stuff with the deer killing, that was all added for the film. Oh really? Like I've, yeah, I've because in the book, what happens is that scene, she goes back home. And her family, she's actually really close with Mercer. And in the book, she doesn't like Mercer at all. Like, she, that's her ex-boyfriend. And she just doesn't want to deal with him. Hmm. And he's like a fat, like, 25-year-old kid. And her family dislikes him, so that's why he shows up all the time. And he comes with the, like, silver thing. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. And she needs to up her, like, uh, social media uses. So she takes a picture of it, and she's, like, contacting all these different people. And he's like, I didn't want to do that because he's, like, a salt-the-earth kind of, like, against technology guy. And that conversation they have... It's just in her in his truck as he's leaving. So there's like no like people around. It's just those two people talking. It's like one of the few times where it's like two characters are talking as actual people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this movie like did the complete opposite makes me so mad that this movie did everything wrong. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously that was a big issue. So Tom Hanks is in this movie. <laughs> weirdly enough, barely. He he doesn't do much. Yeah. He and Pat Patton Oswalt major. So I guess one of my general impressions is that. I think this movie has a lot of one thing that happens over and over again. I think the fully transparent stuff was a bit overwrought and we just don't have enough of like a setting up of between here are our protagonists, here are our antagonists, here is the conflict of the movie. There's no big scheme to it. There's no like thing that anyone's really trying to accomplish. It's just like a bunch of little things that happen. And it's a bunch of like Emma Watson's character, like making random choices. We don't get a lot of like, this is this is who Tom Hanks is, Eamon Bailey. This is who he is. This is what he wants. By the end of this movie, I didn't know what he really wanted. Yeah, I didn't know what Pat Oswalt really well, wanted out of all this. I don't. I had no idea what Emma Watson's character yeah. really wanted yeah. because she was so inconsistent. And I, only, I only knew because I read the book. Like I was thinking, like as I, and I was like, if I didn't read the book, I'd I would have no idea what any of these characters want. It's so weird. If just going into it without any sort of like frame of reference, this is a yeah. badly edited film with a bad screenplay yeah it's not a good adaptation whatsoever it's sloppy Mm -hmm. filmmaking with the exception of a few decent shots but i mean uh just the bathroom scene where you see emma watson like sitting and karen gillen's character who by the way they have like a weird falling out that's never properly explained it Mm -hmm. feels like they cut a bunch of stuff out oh yeah so her character is completely like completely shortchanged i mean we just do not get an understanding of like what she doesn't have an arc yeah i mean you see both plateaus, but you don't see anything happen. <laughs> she yeah. goes from like right. super powerful, kind of upbeat, like crazy on the go woman to like she looks like she just tried meth for the first time, and she's <laughs> yeah. Just all of a sudden, we're given no indication. It's very strange, but they're they're like cinematography wise. Uh, I mean, okay, for the most part, the movie looks good. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. Sweet, no, I think it looks really good. good. Yeah, like, uh, cinematography wise, I think it looks great. But some of the some of the like film work is bad. Like when you see like the editing and stuff, or just the the way it's well, cut? the kayak scene, the storm kayak scene. Oh yeah, no, that was really bad. Horrible. And then the scene where she's talking to her friend in the other bathroom stall, and the way that it's completely inconsistent, and the way that it jump cuts, it's it was terrible. Like I, I could hardly get through that scene, mm-hmm. and that is such oh. an easy that is such an easy sh- like shot to construct in a different right. way, like. It just looks like they put as little effort into that as possible. And it really feels that they did. I, and I found out about this after the fact, but even after we watched the movie, I was like, they had, they did reshoots and they, they did extensive like post-production work to do something different with the film. Cause it really shows. And when you watch it, it it's so obvious 
because like so many things happen out of order, out of place. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the Batman v Superman of 2017, in my opinion, of a movie that uh, good cast, a, a film that should be a lot better constructed and a, that just yeah. gets basic stuff wrong mm-hmm. for no good reason. And Will, you're shaking your head. I don't know. No, no, no. Actually, I was agreeing with you because oh, I, thought uh, you were, I thought you were like, no, no, no. Because I remember like my, my my initial thought, like for the first 20 minutes was like, oh, shit, I'm liking this movie. Uh, this is going to be my Batman v Superman for 2017. And then <laughs> like that stuff you're talking about happened. I was like, nope, I am not digging this movie. So I am in the clear. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're not the only people who just haven't been into this one. It's not an exactly contrarian uh, take on this. And, and and to be honest, like the only positive reviews I've come across for the movie they have been positive because they've been like, man, how topical is this? You know, so it's sort of right. like adding like the social commentary mm-hmm. as a reason to elevate the movie's quality. But it's also the only reason this movie I think is relevant right now. It's just because of where we are. Like, Except it's completely yeah. irrelevant because the stuff that it raises, no, no company wants to eliminate privacy from the entire world. Right. Yeah. Like that whole thing where he's like, we're going to make it so that everyone gets to see everything. It's just such a weird premise that isn't properly executed i could maybe sort of imagine that working maybe in the book but it does work better in the book in the movie it just comes across as like a really weird motivation that like what the perceived benefit doesn't seem to make a lot of sense like in the book they develop it more to the point where it's like we can use this to eliminate like uh fraudulent uh like uh government officials and stuff like that so it's a little more like we're trying to eliminate not only crime, but just general like bad doing. But even sort of, so so here's, here's where a big problem for me comes with that. The the most implausible thing that happens in this movie is the fact that this company apparently has all of this data that they're, they're getting from all over the world. First of all, the technology of it makes zero sense and they don't explain at all how this is technologically possible. But Mm -hmm. even aside from all that, the idea that a single company and an independent organization with, what, 3,000 employees is able to take billions of people's data and mm-hmm. billions of what people are seeing and sift through that and be able right. to make sense out of any of that data is ridiculous. And it's so, but, like, I'm just, like, looking at I'm so frustrated because I'm like, yeah. how are they doing that? It just raises questions with every scene. It's like... How is she yeah. able to be transparent like this? How are like 10 million people actually interested in this thing? Why did this this kayaking incident go viral? Like who would have cared that much? Yeah. It just makes right. so many leaps in logic that I was just like I was tired by the end of this movie because I yeah. couldn't keep up with its nonsense. But I was I'd argue that the main reason you're asking this question is just because you're not invested in these characters or what's going right. on. They like they can't you distract were... you from like right. that stuff, yeah. If you were distracted, probably half that stuff wouldn't bother you as much. Right. It would just show up in the honest trailer. Right. And then. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've talked a lot. We've talked about the characters, the plot, everything. I think we've basically covered it. Let's uh, let's get into our final grades for the circle. Uh, Maverick, let's start with you. What final thoughts on the circle? Mm -hmm. What do you give it as your grade? Uh, Final thoughts. I I can't really say anything else without being too repetitive at this point. <clears throat> I think it was a poorly edited, poorly directed. Like I just all over, just a poor movie. Um, my final grade is please give me my money back. <laughs> <laughs> a P. Yeah. So whatever equate you know letter grade that is. 
Demon. Letter refund. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I get a pl- just? I need something. Like I feel like I feel like they owe me at this point. Um, you know, D minus minus F, whatever you want to call that. Oh man, hmm. that's a low. All right. Well, I'm I'm not that much different. I guess I, I gave the film a D plus. I, I like I said. I mean, that's what I gave Batman v Superman. I think that. I, and it, look, I, I was really close to giving this film something closer to like a C minus C because there were things that I liked in the movie. But when a movie just gets basic stuff wrong, and and the ending really kills this movie because it's so weirdly ambiguous and it's so pretentious mm-hmm. and so much so much of the technical. They remind of me of, it of the ending of Belko experiment. Oh well, shot wise, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought the Belko experiment had a satisfying ending in comparison. Oh really? Oh man, <laughs> I liked Belko Experiment quite a bit compared to you. Oh guys. man, I I think they both suck, but I'm with you, Will. At any rate, I would say even Belko Experiment is far better than this one. Um, so yeah, D plus for me. What about you, Will? I don't know. It's between a C minus and a D plus. I think I'm gonna give it a C minus, but this is like my first genuine, like really big disappointment for 2017. Like, I mean, there were movies I felt disappointed about like going in style and something else I can't think of right now. But like this movie like drained me. Like I was really looking forward to it yeah. and I knew the reviews were bad and I was like, I'm still going to give it a shot. And like the first 20 minutes get, filled me with hope. I was like, okay, maybe I'll just be that dude that likes this one movie. But then everything just goes awry. And it just was like, I, I by like the end of it, my hands like were in my face. I was just like, Oh, could just end like, <laughs> Stop it! It's already dead. Like just, just <laughs> let me be. You went full Simpsons for the ending there. <laughs> right? Yeah. There, there you go. Exactly. So, I don't know. I'm at, I'm at like a low C minus, but I, I honestly think I might be a C, a D plus. At least, pretty soon. at least we know that reading the book apparently helped. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it. I'll say the book is like legitimately good. Okay. Unless, like, I still need to read the last couple pages. So if it goes bad, I'll let you. Well, I didn't get to finish so it, but close. like, yeah, I mean, if it, if it's bad, I'll come back next week. And like, if the ending's bad, I'll come back and say like, eh, never mind. Mm-hmm. But like for now, I'll say the book is legitimately good. So check out the book. Honestly, it, it's a lot more fleshed out. It's a lot more interesting and just skip the movie. Like, unless you really need to see it, like you're one of those completists like me. But, uh, yeah, I just say read the book, skip the movie, enjoy your life. <laughs> Have a cup of coffee and a slice of pie. Yeah. Hey guys, time for your next news bite for the week. Earlier this week, M. Night Shyamalan, you know him, went on Twitter to announce his next film, which will be called Glass, the sequel to Shyamalan's 2000 film Unbreakable, and it's also the follow-up to this year's surprise hit Split, which featured Bruce Willis in an ending cameo that was basically the twist of that movie. Glass is currently set to release on January 18th, 2019, and it will presumably be a comic book movie matchup between David Dunn, the protagonist of Unbreakable, against Kevin Crumb, the antagonist of Split, also known as The Horde. The name of the film Glass is an allusion to Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, in Unbreakable, and he's expected to reprise his role alongside James McAvoy and Anya Taylor-Joy. The film will be produced by Blumhouse Universal, and Shyamalan has finished what he calls a script that's 17 years in the making. For more information, including Shyamalan's full social media quote, go to wegotthiscovered.com or check out our cinema homework in the episode description to get the full story. So uh, let's let's get into our mini reviews. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, they're all TV shows. 
Uh, interesting enough. I mean, we had a couple of movies, but I feel like we, we were a bit more interested in the, the shows that have been coming out the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting Telling. with uh, Maverick and I finally finished Big Little Lies, which is a feat, I guess. I mean, it's only seven episodes, but they're pretty long right. episodes. Um, so Big Little Lies is the HBO show uh, starring Nicole Kidman, Charlene Woodley, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, before we get into it, Will, have you seen any of Big Little Lies? Yeah, I covered it uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Oh, did you? Okay, okay. Yeah, I we, we talked I about it. We yeah, we, right. we wanted to just bring up that we did see the ending of it finally and how everything Okay, I still I still need to see the last two episodes, so no spoilers. No spoilers. I've I've seen most of it. I I enjoyed the show mostly because it was a lot different from what I think I expected. Mm-hmm. It was a show that sure. I sort of expected it to be like uh women sort of being petty with each other and it's a lot better than that it's a show about abuse. that's definitely there though it is there but that's the thing it's like it's a, not the, the highlight yeah it's like a high grade desperate housewives yeah pretty much i like that yeah. but what i like about that is that it's it's pretty absurd and desperate housewives of right yeah no it, it's very satirical but big little Dark, lies i think satirical. is grounded enough in its themes that you can sort of overlook how ridiculous it is at times Mm-hmm. it's grounded enough, I guess is what I'm saying, that it's also entertaining because you want that too. Yeah. Uh, I think that its whole murder mystery plot is very predictable, unfortunately. I think by episode three, Maverick and I literally guess like every twist. Like mm-hmm. at down... Is it really that... Predi- is it like... Is it who I think it is? Well, well we, we can't really confirm Finish the show. We'll I know. talk about it. But no, literally, uh, like we guessed who murdered who. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think I know who it is. Yeah. I was hoping it wasn't going to be that. I thought it was going to well, do like a bait and switch. Here we go. But... Can, we, can we have Will guess, but we just don't confirm or deny anything just to see what his... And then we can look back sure. once he's done. Sure. Yeah. Well, just give your guess. We will not respond. We'll not respond. Al- Alexander Sarsgaard. I don't know. What did you just say? What's, what, oh, what are you saying? Uh, Alexander Sarsgaard. Is just in general or like what? Oh no, he's a he's a killer. I think. Okay, who do you th- who that, do you think he kills? Uh, Nicole Kidman. Okay, who do you think the bully is in the class? Hmm, I don't know. That's the one thing I was trying to figure out. But I mean, that one that was one hmm. of the only things that took us a while to guess. We did get that though. I think episode we, four. We got it before it was revealed, yeah. but I don't think we got it until at least one or two episodes before it was revealed. It wasn't as immediate as the other stuff we guessed. I think I I know I said it. I said it like two episodes before. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. One or two episodes before. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like episode, it's revealed in episode six. Something like that. So yeah. we got it in four. Interesting. Sorry, so what? that's that's Will's that's Will's theory. Wait, what? That was your theory, right? It was that the he kills Nicole Kidman? Yeah, or Nicole Kidman kills him. I know it's one. Of, I'm guessing it's one or the other. Do you have a Do you have a guess about the bully? Uh, trying to remember because it's been a couple weeks since I've watched the show. But uh, I'm guessing it was probably. Let's see who who are all the kids. It's there's the, there's um Shaylee Woodley's kid, and then there's the girl that's getting bitten, and then there's the uh, two twins. There's the twins. There's Ziggy. There's, um, there's Chloe. Yeah. There's Sky. Chloe and Sky. So there's Reese Witherspoon's daughter. There's Bonnie's daughter. There's Nicole Kidman's twin boys. And then there's there's um, Ziggy. Renata's and there's daughter, um, Amabella. Amabella, the yeah, being bullied. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. They they definitely want you to think it's Ziggy, but that that doesn't really make any sense. But I don't know. Okay, we'll, all right, yeah. we'll leave it ambiguous. All right. Um, so that's Big Little Lies, I guess. Uh, Bab, did you have any anything you wanted to share about the show? In yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I agree with you. It was like a really enjoyable, really predictable show. 
like I feel like I knew it was going to happen, but I was never like I wanted to watch the next episode, yeah. and I wanted to see what was happening next. Um, and even in the way that we predicted it, we didn't we didn't exactly predict how things would go and why they would happen the way they we happened. Got the, we got the people right. We just get the situation right. right. Um, and I think, and, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think the last episode is done really well. Like it's a good way to oh, finish yeah. it. I don't think it's a bad ending, even though it was a predictable mm-hmm. one. Um, there's a lot. I think my one complaint with this with the show is that there's a lot of subplots that sometimes it can just be like okay what are we caring about right now yeah Yeah, it it just felt like there was a lot of little stories going on and it was really hard to focus on what was important at times and i felt like a couple episodes were like oh we need an episode but we don't want to give anything away yet so let's just make an episode and let's create some more drama right now um i went into it just expecting like a lifetime movie yeah but i got more than what i expected so i was pleasantly surprised it's a really good really predictable show Mm. i enjoy it all right, so uh, Will, you watched Fargo season three. Oh, here we go. And ob- obviously, we can't get into spoilers, but uh, just real quick for your mini review, what did you think of? What do you think of the series as a whole, really? Well, okay, well, for one, did you, have you guys watched Fargo at all? The uh, the actual Coen Brothers one, yeah. I have seen. But, okay, but you haven't not, watched the not show. Not the show. I have seen nothing. Okay, of Fargo. I've seen one episode oh, really? of the series. Okay. Well. All right, so Fargo the movie is not only one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies, I think it's just generally one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. I just love that movie, The Pieces. And if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I mean, I can't say anything that hasn't been said already, but the show is one of those that was like going in very excited, but also very trepidatious, like back when season one started. And not only did the show like far exceed my expectations, I generally think like three seasons in, this is one of the best shows on television, even in peak television. Better than The Leftovers? I haven't watched The Leftovers, to be fair, but I've heard many good things about it. But The Leftovers isn't an anthology series, right? That's a continued narrative. Three seasons. Yeah, but the the characters don't change with each season for The Leftovers, right? So that's that's what Fargo is then? Because I didn't realize that. Yeah, so... Oh, you didn't realize... Oh, yeah, so Fargo's like an anthology series where... So like True Detective and... uh... Yeah, no, yeah, it's like True Detective in the sense that each season we get to see a mystery, or not a mystery, like a, some small town criminal activities go down. And it's basically each season's a 10 hour movie set in the universe of Fargo, the movie. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, so season one was Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton and Allison Tolman and Colin Hanks. And season two was like, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Jesse Plemons and Patrick Wilson and uh, a couple other people. And season three is Uma McGregor as two brothers, uh, Emmett, and, Emmett and Ray Sussy, who are not twins. Hmm. One is uh, the parking lot king of North Dakota. Uh, <laughs> he has like a full head of hair. He is like kind of well built and he's like, you know, great uh, white teeth and he's very put well he's very rich well put together well respected in the town and his younger brother Emmett is like this kind of balding fat uh has the odds always against him kind of low life guy who felt like he was robbed from early on because there was this issue involving a stamp and their father their late father and the stamps were apparently worth like a couple thousands maybe close to a million it's not quite clear so far i've only seen the first two episodes and so there's like this little sibling sibling rivalry going on and he tries to get one of uh, these low life criminals they knows involved in the scheme in the scheme some unfathomable pin henry unfolds 
and there's a uh, crime ensuing and then there's like a girl who's pretty similar to uh Frances McDormand's character in the movie mm-hmm. kind of uh investigates what's going on amid other uh small town shenanigans and it's i mean it's pure fargo at this point like the show knows exactly what it is and while it still kind of lives in it, the shadow of the movie which is probably its biggest fault it's finding all these creative ways to kind of like form its own identity and move itself more away from the original source material that just exhilarating to see was honestly, I think one of the most cinematic shows on television, like each shot and each like little detail is so like meticulously done. And the scripts are always so witty and it's just, there's so much goodness in the show. I really wish you two were watching it. <laughs> Sorry. I want to start now. All right. Well, um, yeah, kind of off of that note on a movie that, is a little bit darker. Uh, how, how many of you guys, which of you guys is a fan of 30 rock Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Do you guys like those shows? Nope. Uh, not really. Really? Okay. So that's interesting. Well, I mean, I, 30 rocks good. I just haven't really watched it. I, I was never, the, okay. So I've never been the biggest fan of 30 rock. I liked mm-hmm. the first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Totally lost. I haven't interest watched, in season uh, two. I haven't watched Unbreakable Commission. I've heard season two is pretty bad. Well, uh, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. I think I might actually still give season three a chance because I've heard it's uh, looking to be better. Hmm. But, um, well, there's a new show coming from Tina Fey. She didn't create the show. It's created by one of the 30 Rock writers, Tracy Wigfield. But Tina Fey, like, co-executive produced. It's called Great News. And uh, if you watch 30 Rock or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you'll immediately feel at home watching great news because it's that same like energy, uh, fast pace, but it's about the lives of people who work at a TV news place in New Jersey. And uh, so we were just talking about a couple of weeks ago, Love. And Maverick, do you remember yep. uh, Heidi from Love? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Brigitte Claudia Odari. Huh? Is, is that Claudia No, that's Birdie. Odari? We're talking about Brigitte oh. Heelan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. So yeah. she's actually the star of this new show. Uh, it's a, oh, the actress. Like. The actress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Her name is Heidi in the show. Uh, so mm. this is her own. Great news is her own show. Finally, uh, I think. Oh, finally, I guess not in that sense. That like, oh, finally, like, Brigitte Helen. Yeah. You know, she's been in some things before. But anyway, great news is about. Uh, she so she works at this cable news network, and her mother starts to like be her intern. Which sounds like kind of ridiculous, right? Like, uh, how many shows have done? Like, we were talking about Family Guy jokes. <laughs> it sounds like uh, it sounds like the meddler meets the intern. Um, it, it does have shades of the intern in it for sure. Um, and so this is one of those shows. So it also has John Michael Higgins, by the way, an actor I really, really like, and it has Nicole yeah. Richie in what is probably one of her funniest roles I've ever seen her in. I'm not usually a big fan, and Andrea Martin, who is a comedy just legend uh mm-hmm. should not be understated anyway so great news is one of those shows that is the first f- four episodes are not amazing the pilot is really bad okay, okay. If i would recommend you watch the show if you were a fan first of all you should already be a fan of 30 rock it's not, i don't i don't know if this would like convert you but it does have like re- those really good like one-liners that those shows have. Okay. Like there are some legitimate laugh out, out laugh out loud moments that happen. They don't happen until episode two, and like the first few episodes sort of like get all the bad material out of the way. But then once you get to episode five, 
it turns into what is actually a pretty decent show. It, it just kicked off this past week. Uh, I was able to watch the first 10 episodes and they sort of just back ended it for like uh, sweeps this year, which is kind of like not great, like back to back episodes every week. So I think they're only two episodes in right now. That said, I mean, once you get to episode five, it starts to get pretty decent. Uh, the reviews for the show are pretty good just because of that, because they did give critics like 10 episodes to sift through. And once you get to the end of it, I, I looked back on it and I was like, this is a really funny, intelligent comedy that I actually like better in a way than 30 Rock. I don't like it as well as uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt at its best, but it's really good TV humor. Uh, if you like those shows at all, it's definitely worth checking out, especially because it's probably only going to get one season based on the circumstances of its birth. Uh, check it out. It's funny. Uh, and Andrea Martin is in it. That's as good a reason as any, I think, to check it out. All right. Uh, okay. So next up, we have something that all of us have seen, coupled with, uh, or something that Will and I have seen, not Maverick, and uh, uh, coupled uh, with uh, uh, a show that I've seen, but I haven't seen the finale yet. Girl Boss. Uh, so Girl Boss is the latest Netflix show, not to be confused with Bill Nye the Science Guy, or Bill Nye Saves the World, I should say. But uh, so Girl Boss. Will, uh, I have to be honest. I've watched the first three episodes. And I still okay. don't understand exactly what the show even is. Can you explain it better to me? Sort of. I mean, it's based on the life of Sophia Hermoso. I, I, it's like A-M-U-R-O-S-O. I believe that's how you spell her last name. She is like a high... I don't... I. It's one of those people... It's Yeah, she's one of those people that I didn't really know too much until like the show was becoming a thing. And I looked up her kind of life story. And she's like this... Uh, kind of uh, child wonder in the sense that she, at 23, started this uh, online clothing industry called Nasty Girl that kind of blew up into its own like uh, multi-million dollar uh, corporation. And she, it was although, like the original. It was one of the original startups because this was a, this show yeah. takes place in San Francisco, and she right. she did she took like the idea of like basically putting the fashion industry online in a way that we're mm -hmm. still sort of like, it's like shaped how like, like, okay. One of the reasons that the show is interesting is because first of all, it's not all that the show is about, but I mean, this is coming out at a time when like Macy's is closing like hundreds of stores around mm -hmm. the U S and one of the big reasons like retailers are hurting like crazy is because of this girl <laughs> in a way. I mean, right. you know, not her, but you know, this idea that yeah. she popularized. Well, and, to be clear, like it's been made pretty clear, like these past two years, that she's not really a good person, because while she was the CEO of the company, like she was firing pregnant women and like people who are under her health care and a couple other things, just because like they weren't working, even though like they were under health care and whatnot. And mm. She was doing a couple other things that were generally kind of shady, and so she stepped down from the company and Nasty Girl fired for bankruptcy last year. Uh, and this is the same year that like Forbes named her like one of the, the hottest like uh, CEOs working today. Topical. So yeah, so it's like one of those things. It's like there is a lot of dramatic potential here, and that there is like a potential for it to be kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street meets uh, the Social Network for the fashion world, almost by way of like say Girls or Broad City, like kind of that snappy approach. Yeah. But like the show is like okay, so it's written by Kay Cannon. If you don't know, she is a screenwriter of the Pitch Perfect movies. I think she did some work for 30 Rock to bring it back um, to what we were talking about before. Okay. 
I might, yeah. And so she, it's definitely like you can see her writing stuff throughout, and like I can see what they're going for, but I just don't think the show is as clever or as like funny or witty as it thinks it is. Like it's definitely going for like that like Diablo Coney like uh, snappy like pop culture heavy stuff, and like it's like very precious about its comedy. Like each joke, like they're like only seconds away from like turning to the camera and being like, "Ain't I a stinker?" Like they just like very like. They're like very self-aware of like the fact that they're a show and that like each joke they feel is like, like the funniest thing ever. And it's just, I don't know, like the first episode of this was like, like the pilot was it's bad. honestly pretty unwatchable at times. Like, yeah, it starts off like with this, like, like her in her beat up, like worn out car and it's like out of gas and she's on a hill and she's like pushing to a gas station. It's like a metaphor for what her life situation yeah. is. But like, she's like this, like, like she's like yelling at random people, even though she's like, she's the issue. And like, it, it it's like, it, it takes a long time for the show to really like make you even want to sympathize with her, let alone like actually care for her at all. Three episodes in, I cared nothing about her. I couldn't keep watching. Right. But like, it, like at this point, like if we're going to, her whole life story like this is like when we should be like endearing to her like sure oh she messes up but like she's like cute and like whatever like we shouldn't be like eh, i don't know about it. like because i'm assuming like by the time she's like in charge of nasty girl or sorry nasty, nasty gal, gal yeah. like like she's gonna be like a ruthless cold-hearted person so like unless this is like a like it's not even that like she's like that compelling of a character it's not like a frank underwood thing where yeah. it's like she's so charismatic and like so like compelling that like you want to pay attention even though when she's doing like all these bad things and like hurting her friends or whatever. Like she's just kind of like an okay girl. Like she's like headstrong in some ways and she's like persistent, but like she's not really interesting or like all that compelling as they, 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 they make her like too, uh, like too down to earth to a fault, like to the point where she's like not that interesting of a character. And even though like, I don't think it's Britt Robertson's fault. I think she does everything she can to make this character bubbly and full of like energy and life. It just, I don't know, like, it's just, I think it's just bad judgment from the creator's fault. Like, I think it's just too many different things they're trying to do, and it's not really gelling together in a compelling way. The only, the only reason I was even interested in the show at all was just because I think that Britt Robertson is not, she's not underrated. I just think that she's, like, underused as... She needs in, a in big a, break. She needs a better, she needs a better agent. <laughs> like, the right. stuff that she gets put in it, it just are just bad roles i mean i i think tomorrowland was a true test but that was a movie that fell apart for a lot of reasons and i don't think she was uh, the reason i like tomorrowland i think she's good in i thought but I, it, I thought she took a movie like ask me anything was a movie that should have been really bad but she kind mm-hmm. of made it sort of hauntingly interesting even though it wasn't a very good movie. i agree it, it's just yeah. she kept she keeps getting put in these movies that I think like she has so much potential as an actress. Mm-hmm. I think she does have like a really wide range. I think she was, she should have been perfect for this role, but I think the writing mm-hmm. just wasn't there for her. So right. I, I'm a believer in Britt Robertson as an actress. I, I want to yeah. see her in more stuff, and, but it just not these like longest ride movies or yeah. whatever she's in. Right. And the co-stars of this show are really good. Like we got Johnny Seaman, Johnny Simons, I think. Yeah, who's that guy from, from Scott Pilgrim and Jennifer's Body? Uh, Perks being Wallflower. He yeah, was, yeah. I was a stand-in for him for Perks for a couple of days. No, you weren't. No, you were yes, a stand-in I was. for him. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He, he's nice. Uh, wow. But uh, it was him. He let's see. RuPaul's in the show. 
Uh, Dean Norris is in the show, and Norm Macdonald's in the show, who's great. I don't know if you got to see that far, John. No, but, uh, no, I had no idea. Norm Macdonald is in the show. He's like her boss at one point, mm-hmm. and he is like he he's Norm Macdonald, who's like one of the best people in the world. So he's great. And he like makes a show like a hundred times better. But that's not really enough to me for me to like recommend it. But it's like, hey, if I'm gonna watch the show for review purposes, yeah. at least you're making this watchable. All right. Well, we're we're way past time. Just real quick as we finish yeah. things out, Will, what did you think of the girls' season finale or series? Oh yeah, finale, I was gonna bring I that. Say. I was gonna bring that up and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Girl, I mean, girls is a show that I've watched like four seasons of. I always had like an endearment for. It. I always thought it was a v- okay. very very flawed as a show, but yeah. it has its moments of like brilliance right. weirdly, and it just keeps you in for some reason. But what do you think of the finale? Uh, I mean, I'm glad you brought up season four because, like, I think to me, season five was when the show kind of found its groove again, hmm. and season six has been kind of on its coattails and kind of coming down to like a really uh appropriate ending for the show and i don't know it's one of those weird things where like the season or sorry the penultimate episode is like the traditional finale yeah like where like all of the characters kind of get their like bows tied and whatnot oh, so and then is the last episode the, like you know five years later or five like months that. La- or five months later oh. huh. uh weird. where so and so stuff happens and it's like intentionally very loose and like not quite like tied together it was interesting, but I don't know. Overall, I really liked the finale, and I'm, I don't know. I like the show a lot. Like, I feel like some people want to treat it as like this, like totally like unself aware, like yep, like a hipster show. But like, I think the show is way more self aware than people give it credit to be, and I think it's a lot smarter than a lot of people say it is. And I think the finale, I think the finale knew exactly what it wanted to be, and it wasn't necessarily the finale I wanted, but I could tell it was the finale they wanted, and I think they did a good job with it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll eventually get it to get to it one day. It, it, this is a show that yeah. I, I've slowly watched since it came out. Um, yeah. I, I think it took me like two years to watch the first season. Right. Uh, it, I, I'm well, just ridiculous that way. But yeah. if you watch season four, then you got through most of the bad okay. stuff. Like season five is really good. I'm not sure which is my favorite. Is I hated season three. Uh, yeah, like season three and season four was when the show was kind of becoming the very thing it was parodying. So sure. it was like kind of just in this low period I, I just think that like, they forgot like what makes Ray a good character I guess is basically it for me um wait oh Ray the like coffee shop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so for our last news bite of the week, this is probably my favorite news story that happened this week. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in Jurassic World 2. He's going to be reprising his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm, who last appeared in the 1997 sequel to Jurassic Park, The Lost World, although his character's book does appear in 2015's Jurassic World, which you know, revitalized the franchise to the tune of over a billion dollars in box office. Goldblum's going to be joining Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Toby Jones, B.D. Wong, Justice Smith, and so many others. And one of the few details we do know about the sequel directed by J.A. Bayona is that it will include a major underwater set piece that we know nothing about yet. The sequel is currently planned for a 2018 summer release. And for more information on this, go to WeGotThisCover.com, check out the cinema homework in the episode description, and get the full story. That'll that'll do it for this week's episode of Cinemaholics. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, it's been it's been good. I feel like we got a lot done today. Yeah, it was a good day. A lot of, a lot of stuff you didn't like, unfortunately, but some stuff we did. Yeah. Uh, don't forget that if you want to support Cinemaholics, please leave us a review, give us some feedback. 
You can email us, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what's on your mind. Uh, ask us anything, and uh, we may be able to answer it on next week's show. And of course, please leave us a review if you want this podcast to grow and to continue uh, on iTunes uh, for sure. Uh, let's leave us any rating that you want, especially if you like us. And uh, <laughs> we may have a chance to read that uh, next week and beyond. And, uh, I think that about does it. Don't forget, you can you can get this podcast. And if you're a YouTube watcher, for example, I mean, you can get this on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you want. And uh, yeah, next week we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, maybe The Lovers, the latest A24 film. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if any of us are going to be able to check it out in time, but uh, hopefully that'd be a fun thing to mini review. And uh, with that... That'll do it for this week's episode of Cinemaholics. We'll see you guys again next week from the internet California. I'm John Agroni. From the internet Pennsylvania, I'm Will. And from whatever poor internet connection pun we want to call it this week, I am Maverick Hines. <laughs> from any, hey, John. From any oh, dial-up hey. port in a storm. What? Yeah, I was going to say, hey, Matt, remember, it's not your fault. <laughs> Don't do this to me, man. Not you, man. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. See you.